Welcome, I'm Amanda Onchalenko, your host for Wisdom at the Crossroads, the podcast. My door is open and I'm excited to invite you into my studio practice. I imagine you're coming in to sit down with a beverage in hand, a little morning coffee or an afternoon tea to catch up. But hey, it's five o'clock somewhere, so feel free to come just as you are. I like to think of us as slowing down for a bit to share in the backstories of an artistic life, exploring lessons learned through creativity and inspiration. This invitation to join in on discussions of a visual medium, without the visuals, affords you not only a pause from the busyness of your own day, but also allows you an opportunity to co-create and connect to your own stories through the example of mine. Season one began in my archives, while season two will focus a little more in the present. I hope you'll enjoy the stories of my work evolving and share in the wisdom I have found at the crossroads where action and presence meet. Make sure to stay tuned for the short meditation that concludes each episode. I know you'll walk away refreshed and able to simply be more and do a little less. Today's theme seems to be ritual. When I looked up the definition of ritual, I found the intention of the action is key. Most activities are considered ordinary unless the action has an air of seriousness about it that makes it somehow sacred. Ritual can also be described as an act or series of acts, regularly repeated in a set manner, or sometimes as a habit, a pattern, or a practice. When I think of my studio art practice, I know I follow prescribed patterns of behaviour as I engage with materials in process. My actions could be called patterns when I reach for a favourite colour or tool, or purchase a particular brush or brand of paint because I like the way it feels. I think we could all probably find ways that we have each embedded subtle and not-so-subtle rituals into our everyday lives. Over the course of the last 20 years or so, I would say I have definitely had plenty of time to practice, to engage, to explore and to create. I don't know if that makes my work ritualistic or not, but it definitely feels more elevated than an ordinary personal activity of mine. In recent work this past year, I've noticed a tendency to paint large. Four-foot panels have regularly bloomed on my paint wall. Perhaps it is the season for large squares to appear solo or to join together into pairs to create diptychs. The process of creating them gets both my mind and body moving. I tried to apply my usual process to the pages of a sketchbook this past July. I wanted to be flexible and portable over the summer. It was a challenge and an activity that was quickly abandoned. I have many sketchbooks on the sidelines waiting for me to adapt to their size and media, but so far I think it is something about the scale that stifles me. How about you? Do you have routines you have attempted to alter? Hopefully you have had more success than I have. Recently back at the studio after a break, I've been painting again and I am working on smaller panels in groups of 18 by 24s and 20 by 36s. These sizes are available, most importantly, which is key at the tail end of the pandemic when supply chains have been problematic. They are smaller than the four-footers. I can manage to slip them easily in and out of my car, but they are also large enough that when gathered together in pairs and trios, I am afforded the freedom of movement not found within the warping pages of a sketchbook. It has definitely been fun getting back to work. 
In this episode, I want to share one of those four-foot pairs that have become a big part of my practice, pun intended, I guess. The diptych is called Wonderland, Heart and Soul, and I completed it at the end of December in 21. It's one of my favourite recent works, and I'm seriously searching for a spot at home to install it. I called it Wonderland with the help of friends on social media who thought that imagery was like falling into a different world, just like Alice. I love that sentiment, but you should know there were no psychedelics involved. Painting does transmort me into a different world as I work, though. The actions that created it really are the result of an act or series of acts regularly repeated in a prescribed or set manner. Painting begins with routine for many artists. For me, it is metaphoric music to my ears. It is also a process for me that is definitely part of my daily weekday ritual, and mostly it is undertaken to a soundtrack. During COVID, I discovered podcasts, so listening to a faux colleague while I worked became a thing. As a sole practitioner, I am low on the scale of workplace interactions, so I have found it helpful that music is still my go-to studio companion. In the early days, I was weirdly addicted to David Bowie. Any Bowie fans out there? David serenaded me into the night when I worked in my downstairs sewing room as our young girls slept. At the studio on my CD player, yes, I admit I was old school, and I may still be. I rotated through periods of John Muir, Jack Johnson and Joni Mitchell, among others. I've named many paintings after song lyrics, as well as a trio called Gardening with David and Joni, from way back that refers to the artists I listened to as I painted. Brian Ferry. Brian and his Roxy Music stage brought instrumental soundtracks into favour, not to mention Avalon. I love that man. Inspiration is everywhere, and sometimes I come across it in the most unusual spaces. Like on one long-ago visit to Australia to see family, we found ourselves at the Corumban Markets on the North Coast. As visitors, we followed our experienced family on this holiday ritual and manoeuvred a prescribed path in a set manner that began with turning right at the entry. I tend to get distracted, surprise, surprise. Turning out was one of my superpowers after years of kids in sport volleyball whistles, and hours in the car with excited teenage teen mates or dueling sisters spouting, she's looking through my window, from the back seat. And no, I am not making this up. I can also be pretty quickly tuned in when my imagination is engaged. Silencing the noise around me, in fact, I think is part of my natural creative process that settles around me as I gather focus and come into flow. Our travels through the market that day brought us to the most incredible calamari vendor who cooked very simply on a single burner right there. Oh my goodness, it was sensational. While there, I remember hearing delicate piano music in the distance, and I found myself drawn like the Pied Piper towards the soft notes aloft in the air. I met Richard Goldsworthy there and bought one of everything he had on offer. His creative output became the backdrop to mine once I returned to my Winnipeg studio. I played only his CDs on repeat for literally years, eventually wearing them out until there was one last soldier serenading me. On one adventurous day, I thought I would switch things up, but when I replaced it with something else, the CD player would not work at all. I returned the Richard Goldsworthy CD and magically, it played. Even my ancient CD player was reluctant to let go of that soothing serenade. You'll be pleased to know I have updated myself and downloaded all of his CDs now onto my iPhone. Music is part of many rituals and ceremonies. In my studio, familiar sounds resonate, 
and set the tone for the creative day to follow. Time can stand still and I find myself lost in the process. Lost is maybe too harsh a word as really I find myself at the paintball hyper-focused and fully present. Less lost, I guess, and more found at the crossroads where action and presence meet. I guess I'm one of the lucky ones who gets to work and play in a literal wonderland. In today's meditation, I would like to take some time to travel through a composition to invite you into my colour play and explore presence. Meditation has played a large role in my studio practice for many years. Lately I've fallen off the wagon a little, but by committing to lead you through a meditative practice, I'm getting myself back to a more regular program. So I thank you. My morning rituals after a swim at the Y, a pot of tea and dropping my girls off at school, would find me at my studio in Winnipeg's historic exchange district by around 9.30. I'm clearly a creature of habit. First I would gather pencil and loose-leaf paper, and then get comfy in my big chair before I hit play on my CD player. As the instrumental notes began, I would feel my breath slow and the hectic pace of the earlier morning to recede into the background. This is the same process I used to write my book of the same name as this podcast, although at that time I didn't know I was writing a book at all. In order to join me as I walk through this ritual, I would ask you to find yourself a chair in a quiet location, wherever you are, so you can commit to a few minutes to yourself and this practice. My comfortable spot at the studio has long been a reclaimed teak bucket chair that I rescued from the back loading dock more than 20 years ago. It is supportive and roomy, with space for a back pillow and the studio quilt. Once settled in my chair, I might begin by sounding a singing bowl or chiming a handbell. The sounds resonate deeply and inform the body to tune in. I then take pencil and paper and a board to lean on so I can take notes as I meditate. It's literally a physical practice. You might like to gather your own supplies if you plan to see what words and messages your intuition might share with you. If you prefer to recline and just listen in, that is perfectly fine too. So let's begin with a cleansing breath as always. Breathe fully in and fully out through the mouth. The idea of a cleansing or yoga breath is to reboot our focus. It is as if by fully exhaling we maximise the interior space available for new thoughts, ideas and impressions to freely form. Take a few breath cycles to get comfortable where you are. Notice your body relax and your monkey mind to soften and slow. I begin by writing, but before we actively begin, I want to let you know that whatever spiritual routines and practices you engage in, personally or as part of an organised structure, please feel free to adjust the terminology used in this practice to align with your own beliefs and preferences. I use the term Great Spirit as my salutation, as I find the term comfortable and appropriate for my personal needs. Now I'd like to invite you to breathe regularly and intentionally. 
In my space at the studio, I have quiet music playing in the background. For today's practice, though, I don't have access to copyright to a complete soundtrack, so I would suggest that if you were to listen along in the future, that you add a background that you find inspiring and tranquil. I begin by relaxing my gaze while I hold a pencil in my hand with a very loose grip between my thumb and forefinger. The intention is to allow words to flow without forcing them onto the page. The statement or prayer I write by hand at the beginning serves two purposes. First, it helps me to physically settle into a space, and secondly, it allows my writing hand to relax while also loosening my grip on the implement I am holding on to. And so I begin while I continue to breathe purposefully and intentionally. Great Spirit, I write. I thank you for all that you provide. I am grateful for your love, your light, and your inspiration. I ask on this day to remain within your fold, to be accepting of your guidance and protection. I ask that I might be able to know, hear, see, and or feel any messages wishing to be shared, and ask that I might be able to accurately transcribe those messages here on the page for the highest good of all. I ask that only the highest and the best approach me for this purpose. I ask, with your assistance, to breathe in light, to exhale fear, to breathe in love, and to exhale negativity. I relax my gaze, and I humbly ask to begin. In my meditative ritual, I am awake to impressions and generally begin to write in a scrawly hand almost immediately. I am not concerned with the words as I am writing them, and I don't even physically look at the page as I write. I just trust that if there is a message, I will be able to read it at the end of the session. Admittedly, I sometimes need to look hard at the words formed in an uncontrolled script but there are few edits beyond recognising and clarifying my own handwriting. You might like to allow yourself to rest with your thoughts and feelings and allow yourself to notice any images or thoughts that come to you as you relax and recline or relax in a seated position with your paper and pencil in hand. When I first began this process, I was self-conscious and a little fearful but as my routines became more comfortable and I relaxed into the process, I was astounded at the wisdom I was discovering in the process. When I read my daily notes to my husband, it was never a random list of disassociated thoughts. Instead, the words flowed naturally together to become thoughtful examples of philosophical thought. I didn't know where this knowledge was coming from, and I still don't but I trusted in the process without judging it, or myself. With minor editing and a lot of hesitation, I published my meditative notes as my first book, Wisdom at the Crossroads, in 2018. 
I had organised my notes into a simple alphabetical journey. I like to describe it as a picture book for adults or yoga for the mind. Each letter features an image from my painting archive, a body of text, and an accompanying quote that resonated with the term or terms assigned to each letter. Weightier and its small stature is how my friend Pam described it. I wonder what wisdom will evolve on the page in your hand. Should you choose to work with my example, you might modify my process to suit your situation or circumstance. I entirely endorse the fact that we are all individuals finding our way and that the pathway forward is uniquely our own. We each have a journey to undertake in this physical world and we will find our own way to accomplish just that. If you are listening in, maybe you will try this process for yourself. Or you might choose to file this experience away as interesting, but not for me. Either way, your path will find its level. My written meditations can last anywhere from 10 or 15 minutes to over an hour, and I always feel refreshed and regenerated at its completion. Connecting to the wisdom we all have access to is the end goal here. It is not easy to quiet the noise of distraction around us, but with practice I hope you are inspired by this knowledge you already have at your core. One summer weekend a couple of years ago, I participated in a workshop with a group of women. The day explored collage and creativity, sound baths and community. It was a lot of fun. The process similarly put the business of daily routines aside for the day and allowed space and time for discovery. At the end of the day, our facilitator suggested we take a piece of paper and a pen to sit with our thoughts and reflect on the day's activities. We were asked to write our impressions using our non-dominant hand. This had a similar effect to resting our gaze and writing in a meditative state. I share the words I wrote. Find joy in the knowledge of your truth. Rest your heart in the love of your history in all her stages and experience. Reflect and rejoice in your strength. I hope you've enjoyed this reflection on ritual. May you discover your own rituals among your personal routines. Thanks for joining me in this practice. Time is precious, and I am very grateful you have chosen to spend some of your valuable time with me. I hope you feel refreshed after our pause together. If you're able to, I'd recommend spending a little extra time on yourself right now. Meditation helps me to feel refreshed on all levels. In fact, I'm often surprised at the depth of my focus moving forward into the rest of my day. Your imagination is a gift, and I love that you get to co-create mentally along with me. But if you would like to see the visuals I discuss in the episode, you can catch the show notes and images in the blog on my website mandart.ca, which is a whole lot simpler than trying to spell my name, Anchalenko. If you have enjoyed the invitation to take a little break and found something that resonated for you, please feel free to share this opportunity with a friend or to write a review on Apple Podcasts. I'd be very grateful for your contribution. So, until we meet again on a Tuesday, may you find your own wisdom at the crossroads, where action and presence meet. Bye now.